going on guys welcome to another episode of the mask and health solutions podcast i know it seems as though i've been gone for a while a lot of you guys been messaging me on instagram and if you've kept up with some of the stories which i know i haven't been putting up too much lately as i've just been getting ready for this show you know you guys will know that this is kind of top priority right now for myself four weeks out eating about 1500 calories a day <laughs> as of today so just enjoying the torturous process which is getting shredded However, it is, you know, when you start to see a plan really come together, it has been fantastic. Also enjoying the fruits of my clients' labors and watching them grow, lose weight, put on muscle mass. It's a beautiful thing to see. However, it is a process and it's one that's not the easiest at times. That being said, if you stick to it, you can do whatever you want, guys. So just whatever goals you have in this life, man, just go for it every single day let that compound day in and day out and you'll see good things happen three four five years down the road so be sure to always dedicate some time to yourself to make yourself better and you may just win a super bowl like chaz gesner <laughs> and chaz is uh he's the guest on today's episode and chaz well yes he is a super bowl champion man knows a thing or two about football and about whooping ass and winning championships and I had the absolute privilege in talking to him about something that wasn't football related. However, it is something that pertains to men's health. And that is Vitality RX, which is his company um, that he created to help men. Why? Because getting older is inevitable. Aging is optional. Right. That is actually the slogan of Vitality RX. And one of the beautiful things about what his services actually offers versus a lot of the bullshit we see in pharma is that they're not looking for band-aids. They're looking to help you basically thrive in this life to the best, to your full potential, right? We're all getting older. Your dick may not be as hard as it used to be. You know, sometimes it may not be all that stiff. It might be a little bit floppy. And you know, for us guys, I wanna make sure your dick is always on hard when it needs to be. You wanna make sure you're functioning on all cylinders. You also wanna make sure you're having better sex. You want better hair, hormone therapy, peptide programs all that good stuff and um chad just basically broke down how this pertains to men he broke down how it works what peptides are how hormone therapies actually work versus a lot of things that we may see in the mainstream you know i told him about some of the ignorance that i had in regards to the subjects because you know i think i think hormone therapy i think you know the trt vtor back in the day Luckily for myself, you know, I've had other guests who have also talked about the subject and have educated me and hopefully educated you guys to learn more about what this actually means and how it can be beneficial versus a lot of the stuff that we see, you know, and from all kinds of media about, hey, this guy's abusing. It's, it's totally different when you view it from a health standpoint and when it's done correctly, which is another thing that Vitality RX has is a full team of medical professionals. And Chaz basically developed this after seeing, you know, how how the healthcare system wasn't really helping guys the way that it should be. He decided to design something himself, which not only requires creativity, but a whole lot of balls, man. <laughs> That's a whole lot of courage, right? And he took basically the knowledge that he had attained over years of working in the industry and applied it to something that's 100% positive. Some that was created by a dude who's looking to optimize his own health and found that, hey, this would probably be beneficial for 
guys all around the world. So, that being said, enough of my yapping. Let's jump into today's very informational episode that I had an absolute blast um, talking, discussing, and learning, learning more than anything, with none other than Super Bowl champion Chaz Desner. All right, let's jump on in. Before we get started, one more thing. If you want to get any PE gear, be sure to check out TotalManShop.com. That is TotalManShop.com. And use the promo code MHS2020. Promo code is MHS2020. And get 12% off. Be sure to check out their wide variety of all kinds of good quality PE equipment. All right? And that's promo code MHS2020 for 12% off. And the website, once again, is TotalManShop.com. What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Mask and Health Solutions podcast, where I'm joined by a living legend, Chaz Gesner. How are you doing today, sir? <laughs> legend in my own mind. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I appreciate that intro. Hey, man, the accolades are spectacular. Nothing short of amazing. And like I said off air, man, most guys will never know what a Super Bowl feels like, let alone hold the damn thing. So, you know, that's pretty, I mean, in its own right, man, that's a massive accomplishment. But I kind of want to start off the show with your background, your upbringing, university and all that kind of stuff and how you developed the mindset to basically go and achieve and now start one of the best companies that I've come across. So just kind of dump into or jump into your story, man. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll 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 dump my story on you. Uh, um, yeah, I gr- I grew up uh, an athlete, you know, playing you know as many sports as I could possibly play and fit in 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 the course of a year, and um, had the opportunity to go to college uh, to an Ivy League school and play both football and lacrosse at Brown. Nice. Um, so it was kind of a, a a dream come true to be able to in an era where it was you know now it's even more hyper specialized as far as as athletics, but um, it was, you know, pretty rare to be able to have the opportunity to play more than one sport in college, especially at a you know division one level. And, um, you know, and then you throw on top of that, just like the fact that I, I probably didn't belong at an Ivy League school in the first place. So <laughs> I was trying to juggle the actual school part of it. And um, yeah, so college was was a, a really cool experience um, being able to do that. Um, and then took the most non-traditional path out of the Ivy League possible and <laughs> had uh, had an opportunity to play football professionally after that. And yeah, and just, you know, kind of scratched and clawed out a seven, eight year career, just kind of bouncing around team to team. I think it was maybe three or four years in before I ever even got to play in a regular season game, which you know, was, was, you know, looking back on it, really cool, wild, you know, my, my rookie year in New England got to experience winning a Super Bowl, like you, like you had mentioned. Um, but, you know, it was really a grind when I was going yeah. through it. And all I wanted to do was get out on the field. I played in a ton of preseason games and even went over to NFL Europe and played over there and yeah, uh, won, yeah won, a, won a world championship over there, uh, which was an amazing thing to be a part of. But um, you know, the, the, my NFL career was just kind of an exercise in, you know, just grinding it out and being patient and kind of waiting for my, my opportunity and trying to take advantage of it when it came, uh, you know, and then obviously you got to deal with the injuries and everything else that, uh, that comes from that. But 
was lucky to to escape relatively unscathed yeah uh, with with my, my brain more or less intact and yeah. and uh and my body just a couple of a couple of surgeries um which is kind of more than i could say for a lot of my a lot of my ex teammates yeah um yeah and then got uh after i after i stopped playing ball got into the healthcare world was in medical sales for a long time worked at a bunch of big corporate medical sales companies like striker and olympus and mm-hmm. did you know, total joints, knees, hips, those kind of things, the things that I'll probably end up having to get uh, <laughs> down the road at some point. And, um, you know, in and out of hospitals and doctor's offices and, you know, and I think just being exposed to the healthcare system, I kind of got my first real dose of how that the, the inner workings of that was and kind of pretty quickly became you know, pretty, pretty disenfranchised with, with, with how that's all set up and, and kind of that combination of that. And then, um, going through my own personal journey of at that point, you know, I was really burnt out and, you know, my hormones were shot, my adrenals were shot and stressed to the max and, you know, kind of going right from, you know, having this, this ultimate goal and this purpose and this team and kind of almost brotherhood um, with you to, to none of that all of a sudden, I think uh, has a lot of effects psychologically, um, you know, let alone uh, physiologically. So kind of led me to uh, starting Vitality RX and uh, yeah, and haven't, haven't looked back since. No, but that's honestly, it's kind of, I find that for a lot of dudes, usually the best things kind of originate from a place of pain, right? Usually we're motivated by pain or pleasure, but I find that pleasure is one of those things that's pretty fleeting. It's kind of like, eh, I could do that and I could get this. But usually when you're in pain, that's when you really get forced into working, right? And uh, it's interesting because you mentioned that it's almost like, you know, you already, already accomplished all these different things. You're probably successful in your career, but at the same time, you're just like, I don't really feel that fulfilled by it. What, what was one of the biggest things that you saw in the medical system that kind of made you say, you know, this isn't right, like something's off? I think I think the biggest thing that jumps out is that it, it's obviously a much needed service, but it's built to help the people that are already sick or diseased or dying, right? It's not set yeah. up to prevent you from getting to that point. And a lot of times, you know, it's the really sad and depressing fact is by the time you get to that point, it's, you know, uh, largely too late sometimes, yeah. uh, you know, and I think there just wasn't really anything. I mean, I, you know, granted I was in kind of the hospital system, which is, which is obviously more dealing with more acute care type issues. Um, but, you know, just, just seemed to be really lack as far as preventative medicine and, and also you know everything's so siloed right yeah. not a whole lot that, that's looking these are all complex nuanced specialized issues right that have that require an integrative solution and that's just not how it's set up because they can't possibly a doctor can't possibly know everything right no, like yeah. you know um and so and there just isn't a lot of collaboration um, and so that's what that's I think that's the biggest thing that jumps out. Interesting, because one of the things that I've noticed, too, it's it's like you'll see somebody that's sick and the doctor will be like, well, you can eat whatever you want. And I'm like, that's interesting. So this guy's dying of cancer. They're telling him to drink red wine and eat pizza like it doesn't really affect it in any which way. 
it's almost like they write people off in that system and it's almost like just come through, you know, we'll cut a paycheck here, get this therapy. It might work. It might not. Um, nutrition doesn't really matter because that's for the hokey pokey, you know, hippies over there that actually think this does something. And it's interesting because you, you mentioned the fact that they silo all these things off and they separate these things. Why do you think they do that? You think it's just to make profit or is that just kind of the way the system is set up? I think it's just kind of the way the system is set up, right? It's a lack of knowledge. And I think there's some stat, I think it's traditional MDs spend, you know, less than a couple of weeks on nutrition in yeah. medical school. There's just so much for them to learn and pay attention to. And there's so much around sickness and disease and, and, and treating that, that it would be impossible, you know, I think you know, to, but, but you would think that that would mean that, uh, it, the system would be set up for doctors to really work closely with nutritionists and dietitians, and I mean, especially now with the metabolic dysfunction that's rampant, and you know, diabetes one and two, and you know, they're they're calling Alzheimer's diabetes three now, right? I wow. mean, it's it's just it's gotten so out of control, and um, <clears throat> there just is not enough collaboration. And and it's no fault of their own. Like I said, it's just a lack of knowledge. I think the one thing that kind of ruffles my feathers a little bit is that I'd like to see more of uh, a traditional MD, maybe like a primary care doc, saying, I, "I don't, I don't know, right? Like, or this isn't my area of expertise." Instead <laughs> of offering a, an opinion on something that very clearly isn't based in a lot of knowledge uh you know i just think they're just not learning that that, that stuff no yeah it, it's it's kind of interesting though because what i'm seeing more and more is that people like yourself professionals that are in this industry are starting to notice that and because of that it's almost like you guys are creating your own version of medicine let's say because it's kind of vitality rx like i was looking at your team i'm like okay this is a team this is a team effort. You guys are trying to put together a group of people to figure out what's wrong with a individual. And it's not so much as cut and dry, like, oh, you know what? Yeah, he's good. Just take some medicine. You know, I'm going to prescribe you some things that are sponsored by my favorite company and uh, you'll be good to go. You'll be out of here in half an hour and, you know, everything's going to be be awesome. But in 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 your situation, in creating Vitality Rx, what does your team look like and what is it that they do when they assess a guy that comes in and says, Hey, you know, I'm not feeling so hot. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the first thing is kind of just a shift in how you look at it and, and approach it and think about these problems being kind of complex and, and, and layered problems. Um, but I think, you know, once you do that and kind of shift that that way of thinking and looking, it's more wellness than it is yeah. healthcare, right? And it's to what what's total wellness look like? And so then it becomes important to assemble a team that has that you know where you can hit it from all angles, right? Yeah. You know, like we got a guy on the team that's got his master's in exercise physiology. We got a guy on the team that's a naturopathic doctor. Um, we got a guy on the team that's an MD, a urologist that's the director of men's health at a big hospital here in Southern California. Um, you know, we got a lot of advisors across different specialties, ranging from psychology all the way to you know family medicine. So I think I think just being able to have all of those different perspectives and and listen to everyone in the room has allowed us to kind of build protocols that are truly integrative. Um, you know, where we can, you know, attack the root of these problems as opposed to just band-aids for symptoms. A hundred percent. The beauty of it, it's almost like when you're saying that 
you know, knowing your background, it's almost like, all right, you set up your lineman, <laughs> you set up your safety, you know, it's like quarterbacks yeah. over here. But it, it, at the same time, it's almost like if you do want to reach an objective, why would you just let like, OK, I'm going to tell the safety to figure out what's wrong with this guy or do something that's not like outside of his realm of knowledge. And I find that beautiful because you're right. You need a team to really figure out what's going on with one person. It's not just usually one thing that's wrong with us and that like needs help, let's say, because you can't bandaid it. Right. It's like this guy might be suffering from ED, but he needs to talk to the psychologist and he doesn't need the urologist. And sometimes it happens. Right. And I find that your approach makes a lot more sense and probably is going to give you a lot better return um, based off of the fact that it is holistic. And that's the one thing that I find that, I mean, allopathic medicine is great in a way for acute problems, but like you said, for wellness and for actually feeling good all the time, I feel that you really need this approach. And I love seeing the fact that you're making a massive shift and you're going in that direction. But I wanted to ask you about the biggest issue that you see in men. What is the number one thing that you're seeing more and more where you're just like, here we go again, like a common theme or a common thread amongst guys? I think we're fixers, right? So we just want to, we just want to fix things as fast as possible. I think the lack of patience is the biggest thing and a, yeah. a lack of understanding around this being an issue of lifestyle, right? It's like everything is set up, like even just in our society in general, to move towards like, what's the quick fix? What's the silver bullet? Like, you know, I think even, you know, we'll recommend very specific vitamins, let's say, to fill in some deficiencies in someone's diet. They'll take the vitamins for two weeks and say, you know, someone will take yeah. the vitamins for two weeks and then say, this isn't working. I don't, I don't feel better. It's like, well, that's not really exactly the mechanism. Like that's not what we're <laughs> going for. We're, we're trying to support the system. Right. And like, the, to, to your point about allopathic medicine is like, it's great. And you can actually use allopathic medicine effectively, preventatively, you know, mm -hmm. and that's kind of what, but, but it's great when used in conjunction with holistic and, and naturopathic medicine, right? Like if you approach it, you approach the diet, right. And you approach the lifestyle factors like exercise and sleep and stress management and things like that. And then you put that with, supplementation to fill in the gaps from the diet of things that you might not be getting. And then you put that with, uh, you know, some kind of a pharmaceutical intervention that's in, you know, causing the body to produce more of something or work more efficiently in some way, yeah. as opposed to, you know, as opposed to replacing something right off the bat or, you know, uh, that kind of deal. I mean, uh, that that's the perfect combination. And that goes back to the team concept and, yeah. you know, had a front row seat for probably the, the, the team that's proved to be the best in the world at, you know, accountability and, and just doing your job, right. The New England Patriots. I mean, that's the, that's the whole thing, right. It's like yeah. you, you gave the analogy about the safety and the linebacker and then, you know, the quarterback and everybody's got their role and it's do your job, right. Don't try to overstep. Don't do too much. I need your expertise. You need my expertise. Let's combine this and then all move towards a goal together. A hundred percent. Cause the way I kind of see it, you're a hundred percent right. Like it's, you can't be bouncing around trying to do too much and you can't expect somebody that's kind of out of their realm to fix an issue that's completely foreign to them. Right. And I guess as men, you're right. It, we are usually, it's not until we have an actual issue that we'll go into the doctor 
You know, a urologist that I talked to said the same thing. It's like, well, this guy has kind of been, you know, his erections were kind of not where they needed to be for years. But it wasn't until it didn't get up at all where he's like, oh, shit, I got to get in and I got to talk to somebody because this is a real issue. And the urologist told him, like, bro, you could have fixed this problem like five years ago. How'd you talk to me then? Right. Yeah. But I, I want to like, change my answer. That That's actually the biggest thing. <laughs> that's the biggest <laughs> thing is that it's just guys wait until it's too late. Yeah, for sure. And then some of that's ego. Yeah. Some of that's just kind of the way the way we are not wanting to ask for help. You know, yeah. Being no, embarrassed about it. Well, I mean, it's natural. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, that that's that's your that's the flag you stake in the ground, man. That's I don't know. It's a big part of you. Right. And psychologically, I think that would mess with a lot of guys. And as we get older, it's kind of one of those things that if you know, if you don't take care of certain aspects of your body, they're not going to function all that well, the older you get. Right. And um, totally. preventative measures are the best way to go about it, in my opinion, because a lot of people that I talk to, they say the same thing. It, it always comes down to like mind, body and soul. If your mind's off, you know, it's probably not going to work right. If your body's off, it's probably not going to work right. And if something's bugging you, you're stressed out, your cortisol is through the roof, it's still probably not going to work right. <laughs> Which is yeah, why, you know, the yeah, team approach perfect makes example. perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people forget, right? Like hormones are produced and regulated in the brain. Yeah. It's, um, it's a mental health issue, right? Like, I'm not saying that psychological problems are the only problems that can cause hormone dysfunction, but it's a factor, right? And like, it can't be yeah. ignored, right? Like you, you tend to think, hear hormones and you think about it as like, oh, that's like, you know, how, how strong you are or yeah. like, you know, that's what your muscles look like or what you look like physically, but it's very much so, uh, you know, a, a process that's regulated in the brain, um, yeah. you know, which, which by default means that, you know, the mental health uh, is a big component of it. Uh, you know, that, that, that cannot be ignored. No. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause we talk a lot about mental health and I, you know, I know men's suicide is through the roof and I understand all these different things, but at the same time, I feel like when a man tries to open up and talk about these things, society still kind of neglects him or they bring up the whole toxic masculinity side of things, which to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Cause I find that toxic masculinity is more like that that's more something related to like the simps and the guys that aren't successful. And and those are usually things attributed to them, but they see a big, strong man. They're just like, Oh, you know, toxic male automatically. And I kind of find that society's in this weird spot where men are kind of being neglected in that sense. However, I do feel that mentally we do got to take care of ourselves and regardless of what society might be trying to tell us, you know, we got to make sure that we are working optimally functionally. And that's just kind of where we can basically be our best and make society better, regardless of what they might be thinking about us. But that being said, you know, I did want to bring up TRT and HRT. You know, what does TRT really do? And in your in your opinion, what does it do to like maximize men? Just like, you know, is it something that, you know, starts to decrease as we get older? Like, how does TRT really work in your opinion? Well, I think first off, it's important to make a distinction between hormone therapy and TRT, right? TRT okay. is a type is a type of hormone therapy, right? And TRT, uh, you know, in, in our opinion, is a last resort, right? Like that's replacing something that's there that we, you know, the mechanism is broken to produce testosterone, gotcha. right? And so now we have to replace it. But there's a lot, there's a lot of steps to go to get to before you get to the TRT. Um, I, you know, I think one of our, like, really the vast majority of hormone therapies that we do 
we actually call a reboot program, right? And we're rebooting and rebalancing the body's natural hormone production, right? You know, we want to balance the ratio between testosterone to estrogen. That's an important one, right? Like we, we want to look at luteinizing hormone and see, okay, is luteinizing hormone low? Because LH is actually what signals to the testes to produce more testosterone. Oh, so could we give okay. you something? If that LH is low, could we give you something to boost your LH, which in turn will boost your own testosterone production, okay. which is just a much more nat natural way of going about that process. You know, and then, you know, obviously if, if your body's converting too much testosterone to estrogen, you can kind of block that regulate aromatization that. yeah, and regulate that. Um, and you want to support the system and the metabolic pathways as you're doing that. Um, you know, but, but that's just one piece of the puzzle. Uh, wow. And I think, uh, I think that's important to, to talk about and raise awareness around so that people don't hear hormones and automatically think that means TRT. And I don't want to do TRT, right? <laughs> the guys have different, there's different reasons why, what, ranging from like, I hate needles all the way to, I don't want to be dependent on it forever, yeah. right? And there's a, there's a lot in between there to kind of play with and, and a lot of ways to approach it. But I think kind of back to what we were talking about in terms of why men wait till it's too late is we're, we're all busy, right? Like yeah, everybody's yeah, got a lot yeah. going on. You know, you got it. You got the wife, you got the kids, you got the job, you got all this stuff. And you know, it's, it's, that's why we're turning to quick fixes. We don't have time to go to the doctor and do this, that, and the other. And that's, that's one of the things we try to address with Vitality X and kind of try to make it feel like a quick fix where, but we're actually getting diagnostics, right? We're actually yeah. measuring and managing these biomarkers <clears throat> over a period of time so that we can not only determine what you need first before we just start giving you something, but then what's the efficacy? Is that working? Is it not working? You know, yeah. any of these other companies that are trying to sell you a product, there's, there's no diagnostics behind it. Right. And, yeah. and typically in order for there to be diagnostics behind it, it's a huge, pun intended pain in the ass, right. <laughs> to go through that process of like going into the doctor or, you know, getting up, you know, whatever. Um, so <clears throat> we just try to remove as many of those barriers as possible, make that super easy to track your biomarkers. Um, you know, we we're launching an in-home test kit soon. That's a really, really cool piece of technology. I actually have it right here. Um, it's, it's called a Tasso, but it's like a little, you've seen those CGMs, like the yeah, little yeah, yeah, the glucose it's kind of, yeah. yeah, it's kind of looks like that it's like the size of a silver dollar and you just stick it on your shoulder and click this little red button and then a, it pokes a little hole and a little bit of blood gets collected in that tube and then you just pull it off and then put the cap on this and throw it in the box and send it in and we can get an introductory panel on you that from that so yes yeah, making it a lot easier well to simplify it i mean it's like a streamlined process what you got going on man that's that's i mean for anybody yeah because you're 100 right we're all busy Usually, that's probably one of the contributing factors to us being so stressed out all the time and having cortisol levels through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> but totally. that being said, it's kind of like what I find is this is the best alternative to having to go into a doctor, sit here, go talk to this other guy. Then I got to talk to somebody else. Whereas you have a whole team, you have a group of guys that are specialized, you know, in different aspects of men's health. So you can just one stop shop, like get in, get out. Right. And I think that that's huge, man. It's going to be a game changer. 
Totally. And I think it's important to, you know, to have that type of approach, but also to try to keep it, keep it simple. Right. I think there can be information overload. There can be, you know, I think the biggest thing that we see is compliance, right? Like sticking, sticking to like, you know, taking like for vitamins, for instance, the way we try to solve that problem is we do like these little individual packs, right? So like, this is my pack of vitamins. It has my vitamins. So every day this has, instead of opening six pill bottles, taking one pill out of each bottle or whatever, every day, this is my pack. And it's not a multivitamin. These are all single ingredient, high potency vitamins. That would be the same as if you, you know, bought a vitamin from, you know, Pure Encapsulations or Douglas Labs or one of the the, the top oh, man, supplement yeah. brands, but you don't have to actually sort them every day on your own, which means, you, you know, there's a better chance of you actually taking them every day, which has to happen in order for them to work, really. Yeah. Right? Like, you have to build you have to build these things these vitamins and minerals up your body's made of vitamins and minerals right like yeah and you're not going to just take a vitamin and then that's like taking a medication right like you want to support the your 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 body's own natural process through these that's by definition supplement right like yeah it's not meant to to take place of it's meant to supplement your diet exactly no because like I was telling you before, I mean, dude, supplements are supposed to be supplemental to what you already have built, right? I mean, you have a foundation, then you just kind of add to it. The way I see supplements, it's kind of like, yo, man, that's like painting a house, but you got to have a house in order to paint it. Where a lot of guys come in, they're like, yo, I'm going to paint this shitty ass house that I have, you know, everything's falling apart. I'm like, don't do that, man. (laughs) Like, don't worry about the supplements until the time is right. But the other thing that I love about that setup is that, man, compliance would be a lot easier if you have everything that's already made for you in that way, right? In that fashion. So I think, you know, that that would be, I mean, even for myself, man, I got like four different bottles I got to open. I'm like, all right, L-carnitine, zinc. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's the thing. Yeah, just got to make it easier, right? Try to remove as many barriers as possible. But like you said, it, it's it's definitely it's definitely meant to supplement a healthy a healthy diet, not to not to you know take place of, and we try to stress that as much as possible. And that's why, you know, it's <clears throat> with supplements, it's good to get labs before you start taking supplements so that you know what you're deficient in, right? Like yeah. you can get a lot of information from telling somebody that knows what they're talking about what your, your diet habits, your dietary habits are. Like I could ask you like, Hey, do you, how much fish do you eat per week? Uh, how many servings of green leafy vegetables do you eat per week? Like, do you tend to have any digestive issues typically? Um, you know, what are your energy levels like, like that kind of stuff. I can ask you maybe 10 questions and I can get a pretty good idea of what we would probably need to be able to supplement your lifestyle. But that can be addressed with diet, right? So it's like, if your answer is that you don't eat a lot of fish, you don't eat a lot of green leafy vegetables, maybe the answer is eat more fish and more (laughs) More green leafy vegetables as opposed to taking a supplement, right? But like, that's in a perfect world and we don't live in a perfect world and, you know, people are on the go and it's, you know, it's sometimes tough to to do that. and, And that's where, you know, you can kind of add in a little bit of help along the way. No, hundred percent. That's kind of, I mean, I get it. Like I'm, I'm one of those guys too, where sometimes, you know, I don't even get my entire protein intake and I, I track everything. Right. So I try to do a good job, but even then there's, there's days where it's like, okay, I'm 10 grams off and 20 grams off. 
Am I going to take that last protein shake? No, I'll probably just go to sleep. You know, I'm, I'm not really going to follow through the whole way. But at least this way, you're able to build something, some type of regimen where people know where they're at. They know what they got to build. And at least they're conscious about it, right? Especially for guys. Because if we're conscious about it, then, you know, usually over time when we build those habits, we'll actually follow through, right? And totally. It's about habits. Yeah, 100%. If you try to rely on just self-discipline nah. all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like Jocko Willing talks about yeah. that all the time, right? Like if you're if you're trying, to, if you're relying on just self-discipline to get yourself through, then you're fucked. Yeah. Part of my language, but you know what I mean? It's like, because that will never, there will ne- there will always come a day where you don't have the motivation to to do something right and if you if you live in this fantasy world where you're pretending like you're always going to be ultra motivated then you're screwed (laughs) no motivation man yeah no i totally agree with you because there's some days where you wake up and you're like i totally want to make sure i take my vitamins and i'm good to go and then there's other days where i'm like i don't know i'm gonna do this man like what's the point right (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah, it's like that. And and I'm glad you kind of brought up tracking also, because I think that's a really important thing that kind of feeds into the the issue of habits. But, you know, I I feel like every conversation I'm having these days, I I say at least once, like what gets measured gets managed. Yeah, right. Because it's like, that's such a that's, that's such a spot on statement. And it's so true. And it's like, if you're not measuring, like you're tracking tracking your, your protein intake, there's a stat around I think it's around calorie intake and it's some crazy number, like 80% of people underestimate what they, how many calories they actually eat in a day. And like for obese people, it's even more or something like that. Right. So like, if you're not tracking these things, like you tend to think in your mind, like, Oh, I eat a ton of protein. Right. Like, yeah. I feel like every, by the way, this is an aside, but I feel like every woman I have a conversation (laughs) with about hydration Right. I'm like, oh, are you drinking enough water? And they're like, yeah, I drink a ton of water. And I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I've seen you. You you drank three glasses of water all day. Like that's yeah. not a ton of water. Yeah. Cool. But you just have to, you have to track things so that, so that you, so that you know, so that you can actually manage them. And then not only does it make it easier to manage them, but the psychological component of tracking them makes you more aware of them. And in, in the awareness lies the solution. A hundred percent, man. Cause it's like that whole thing about you're unconsciously incompetent. And to your point about the calories, most people, I think it's the underestimate by about 30%. So usually most people's caloric intake is 30% or even 50% higher on average. And that's Mm -hmm. an average. And that's kind of why, you know, if you look at everybody's like bellies that just keep growing, it's, it's one of those things where it's, 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 it's pretty sneaky and especially with processed foods too. And the way they package it, the way they label everything, I feel like it's all trickery all the For way sure. through. Cause like they'll, they'll tell you like, Oh, you know, if you eat a portion of this bag, but then you, most people just look at the back and don't even realize it. It's like one third of the bag is like 200 calories, but you're taking in 600 calories. Then you lie to yourself and you're like, well, I only had 200 calories here. <laughs> yeah. You know, it wasn't that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, I fell prey to 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 uh, an element of that. Actually, fairly recently, I uh, decided to cut out gluten and dairy for a little while just to try to lower the the inflammation, right? And it was just for a period of time. I was kind of doing some self experimentation, yeah. but in the in the process of finding gluten free and or dairy free foods, 
it's like these foods are in the, the health food stores, right? <laughs> like, yeah. and you're thinking like, oh, this is a healthy option, right? Like, I like I'm doing like oat milk or whatever, or and I'm thinking milk. like, yeah, whatever, right? And I'm like, oh, this is a healthier option than dairy. <laughs> the binders and the fillers and the preservatives and yeah. all the other shit that's getting put in this <laughs> stuff, let alone the sugar, right? Like, oh, dude, just how yeah. processed this stuff is. It doesn't matter if it says gluten-free, like if it's ultra processed, like that's a problem and it's just going to cause a different problem. Right. And so it's really hard. It's hard. It's tough out there to kind of, I mean, as you know, unless, unless you're sticking to a largely whole foods Mediterranean style diet, which is kind of hard to do in this day and age, especially if you're on the go, um, and then you're opening yourself up to all sorts of problems. And these are problems that are new problems, right? They're new problems with long-term effects, which is the worst kind, right? Because they're not, they're new. So they're not studied. They're long-term effects. So they're also not studied and also would be really hard to study. Right. Uh, but like we're up against a different world and environment than our dads were especially yeah. our, 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 you know, our grandfathers, like it, it's just, it's just a different environment. So like thinking like, just because your dad or your granddad lived to a hundred and he ate whatever the hell he wanted <laughs> and he drank, a, he drank like three glasses of whiskey a night or whatever before bed. It's <laughs> like that shit doesn't fly anymore no. because we're in a different, we're in a different world. It's just a different, different set of set of rules. No. And that, It's so true, dude, because the more I look into the studies about sperm motility, testosterone, even a man's handshake has gone down. But one of the biggest contributing factors that nobody talks about is the micronutrients in the soil, right? So our soil is shit, and that's where we get our food. That's what's supposed to supply us with all the stuff that we need. And you see it in developing kids where a lot of autoimmune issues are coming up, Uh, GH uh, like There's so many things that are just compounding and making it even harder to just stay in shape. Like back in the seventies, everybody was skinny, but there wasn't so many ultra processed foods. Like that was a relatively new thing. And then come around the eighties, nineties, 2000, 2010, like where we're at right now, I think obesity is like, I think it's one in three people is obese now, like technically, or you're at 30% body fat, which to me is still like, yo, that, that that's a massive number. And it's something that I feel that if we don't actually take control of that you know eventually and i get it they're all about this new movement too about uh what is it you're, you're beautiful body positivity uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like i told it's my fun. son yeah i'm like I, my, my kid asked me he's like what's bo-? i'm like it's bullshit listen yeah. man you gotta stay healthy <laughs> stay yeah, yeah it's healthy. not about body it's fine it's fine right like like if you're in that spot it's fine but like but that's not the issue we're not talking no. about how you how you look like it, it, it that part doesn't really matter like it, it mattered, but it matters, but for a different reason, right? It's like, are you healthy? Yeah. That's that's what matters. And by default, if you're healthy, you're not going to be obese. Exactly. And that's just the yeah. And the obesity. But it's is- tough. It's tough. It's tough for people, right? Because like this stuff happens in childhood in a lot of in a lot of Dude. circumstances. Yeah. And then it becomes exponentially harder and harder and harder as you move through through life. Um, you know, and there's a lot of psychological components to it and things like that. So it's like 
it's almost like can we can we talk about it in two separate, separate <laughs> conversations yeah. right like for sure you're you're 30 years old and you're obese there i have empathy and i i want to try to help and i want you to to be happy and be positive and not beat yourself up because you're not some other ideal of beauty but like let's not project that onto the youth uh, that have that have a chance to do things right and be healthy you know, and, and let's not that let's not let that bleed over uh, and cloud that conversation. Well, yeah, it's kind of because they they look at these role models like I brought it up before where uh, what's that girl's name? Lizzo, right? Where everybody loves like, oh, yeah, you know, she's a big girl, but she's doing the thing. Yes, queen. All. I'm like, OK, that, that's all fine and dandy. And I get it. She's very confident. She loves the skin she's in, blah, blah, blah. But then I saw her actually eat. And her, my son showed me a video. She ate more food than I'll eat for about two days for breakfast. And I'm like, that is not healthy, man. That That is extremely wrong. And I'm just looking at like, I'm calculating her calories for her. <laughs> I'm like, she just had eight pancakes, two teaspoons of butter. You know, she put yeah. whipped cream. Then she followed that up with waffles, breakfast sausages, bacon. And I'm like, we're, you know, we have to get more positive role models in. And we have to get guys thinking about like, okay, how do I get in shape? How do I take care of myself? And and kind of make that. And it's like, you, to your point about separating the two things, maybe we should. It's like, yeah, love the body you're in, but also seek optimal health. health. Because if you don't, yeah. you're going to die. Like, or you suffer a chronic disease that nobody wants to see you get, right? And like my wife was telling me about a, a case just recently where there was a kid that's 16 who got Alzheimer's. And they're trying to say that, oh, you know, it's not related to diet or anything. I'm like, there's got to be an environmental factor tied into that because that's something that's so, I mean, that 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 is just so foreign to what the teenager experience should be like, man. So I definitely feel that we got to do something in that regard. But yeah, yeah and to bring to bring that all full circle, right? Like we would, in order to change that paradigm, the the support of the healthcare system would be needed. And like we said, it's just not set up that way, right? Like when someone comes in because they have a disease or a disorder or a sickness or whatever it is, right? Like there's little time spent on what caused this to happen because we got to take care of this issue, right? Like yeah. it's an acute problem. You have these symptoms. It's my responsibility to help you try to alleviate these symptoms. So it's just not set up for trying to prevent that from happening in the first place. So a doctor's not telling you when you come in, uh, okay, let's dig into your past. Let's figure out what this is. Like that's the long route, right? Like yeah. they don't have time to tell you that or do that. It's not how it's set up. Like, whereas like, it would make sense like to do that and say, okay, let's dig into your past. Let's dig into your habits. Let's try to figure out what caused this. Let's have that be one component of what yeah. we're doing. And then, and then let's, let's triage the acute issue right now. Right. Like if we have to use medication or whatever it is, but then let's also hit that other foundational component of it. Let's try to reverse what was causing it in the first place. And then maybe in time, you don't have to be dependent on this medication or you yeah. won't have this problem or whatever it is. And my, my thought around that is not let's train the doctors to do that. It's like, let's, let's um, encourage more collaboration between professionals, healthcare professionals, and let's create more of a wellness-based solution. And let's mix the doctors with the wellness professionals um, and create a more integrated solution, which is, 
Vitality not, RX, not to, man. Like, yeah, not, not to keep, not I was going to say, I'm like, bro, it's like the way I see it. <laughs> That's the it's goal. Just, uh, That's the goal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that kind of goes to your point. Um, well, it goes to your creation and what you've made is that you've made, you saw an issue, you saw what's not working and you put together Vitality RX. That's the way I see it anyways, right? And that's kind of why I think this may be the model for the future, because what we're doing right now is not working like it's just not. And that's why I'm so passionate about this, because it, it it really irks me when they keep telling an obese person or somebody suffering from cancer, somebody with a disease. Hey, just don't change your lifestyle habits. Just take this drug. I'm like, it's not going to work. Right. It, it might work in some situations. Right. It might work. But at the same time, it, it, we're seeing that a lot of the times it doesn't even work. Like I look at, man, the one that irks me more than anything is their fucking food chart, dude. Like, like, what is that? Like, I, I'm like, this is the most ridiculous, stupidest so food chart bad. ever created, man. And it was so made bad. like back in the 60s. I'm like, is anybody going to talk about the fact that we got an overconsumption of carbs and fats? Like the thing is literally backwards. So bad. So bad. And the food industry is monopolized by the big oh. companies and blah, 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 blah. We could go all the way down that, yeah, road that rabbit hole. But it's but it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, the only way to avoid it is whole foods, Mediterranean diet, which sucks. <laughs> it's it's hard and and it's expensive, right? It like is. that's the other yeah. that's the other shitty thing. And of course. You know, big food is going to continue to do as much as they possibly can to keep that that dynamic that way. Right. And it's, and then and then there's just like there's just the fact that it's hard to source these things. And so it's you know yeah. going to be going to be more expensive. But that's the whole thing. Right. That's why this, it's a lifestyle. Like, yeah. cause you have to really, you have to really have that habit and really have that desire to, because it's not easy. No, right? like, and so it has to become a habit and a lifestyle uh, in order to, like we said, in order to be able to overcome the lack of motivation sometimes. Yeah. But it's kind of like, I find for myself too, it's like, if you set yourself up for success, you will be successful. At least in this realm, as far as nutrition go, you know, I, I feel pretty good. And I'm like, well, you know, I've succeeded pretty good, you know, and I make sure my kids eat the salmon. It's because we prep for it. And you got to be, you got to be conscious about it. You got to prep for it. And you got to make that time for it. And I feel like a lot of people, like you said before, like we're busy, just give me that quick fix. Right. And I find that at the same time, it's almost like if you do want to get better, if you do want to develop yourself, like, well, that's what this podcast is about. You know, it's like, hey, take some time for yourself as a man. What can you do? Go to VitalityRx.com, <laughs> you know, and check out <laughs> the services offered there. Or do something right. But in regards to that, I did want to ask you about peptides with the time that we have left. What are peptides and what do they do? Yeah, so peptides are basically just chains of amino acids, right? And so they they induce certain functions in the body. So um, it's kind of a much more natural and holistic approach uh, rather than just like we were talking about with testosterone replacement therapy, for instance, which is just replacing a hormone that's gone. It's yeah. you know, can you can you push the body to produce more of something, or can you push a mechanism or or you know a blocker receptor so that something doesn't get processed in in a certain way, things like that. And, you know, there the the problem with peptides is that there's so many out there. There's so much information. It's like the regulation of these things is largely uh, fragmented and fractured and. Um, you know, you got companies that are selling them for research purposes only, um, and you don't really know the purity and the potency of stuff. And 
It's just really tough. It's tough to find. And then, and then on top of that, like, for instance, we're a California based company. Um, if you're going to prescribe peptides in California, you actually can't order them from a source outside of California and have them sent into California. So it kind of makes that an issue. And, you know, and we've obviously seen kind of the rise and the fall of like the pharmacies, like tailor-made pharmacy in the U S that kind of, you know, got a lot of, there was a, you know, all of a sudden they were everywhere and they're distributing all these peptides. And then they, you know, basically had too much heat, too much attention on them and got shut down and regulated and, have had to kind of pivot out of that. So it's one of those things, I think, you know, it's, it's a very interesting conversation to to have and it's where medicine is hopefully heading, um, but it's still very, very early. Um, and it's tough because there, there aren't a lot of, you know, double blind placebo controlled, Study. you know, randomized yeah, clinical studies. Um, you know, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence. And so- yeah. It's hard for me to talk about them without it sounding like we're, uh, you know, I'm just trying to kind of sell you something, but it's like, you have to really trust the source, um, you know, and, and you can't just buy peptides off the internet and expect that they're going to be even what they're advertised to be, let alone efficacious for, for the, for the purpose. But there are some really good ones and there's some really promising cell out there. I mean, we, the, there's one ipamorelin plus CJC that, that pushes growth hormone production in the body is great. Um, you know, there's, there's one called DSIP, Delta Sleep Inducing Peptide, which I love because, you know, sleep is obviously where your body huge. repairs and rebalances and yeah. is huge. And if you can improve the quality of the delta wave sleep, then that's your deep recovery sleep um you know and i track it on my whoop and yeah I've, yeah I've, you know i nerd out nerd out on all that <laughs> kind of stuff yeah and things like bpc 157 that's great like i use that when i had hip surgery uh for recovery uh, you know and you can actually even use that like the oral bpc 157 um to repair your gut you know and the, you know there's there's a, yeah there's a lot of, a lot of cool ones out there and it's definitely definitely warrants further conversation but yeah. You know, the reg the regulatory bodies that be are really making it tough. And like, you know, the drugs, drug research is founded by big pharma, right? Like yeah. what, what's, what's peptide research going to be funded by, right? Like it's indirect competition to big pharma. Big so pharma, who's, yeah. who's fund, who's funding it. So that's the problem. And that's, what's always going to be the case, um, you know, for a long time, probably. Um, oh, so yeah. it's frustrating. Yeah, it is. Cause yeah. it's kind of like, I mean, big pharma, it just seems like, I mean, from what I've researched, and I mean, a lot of this stuff's already out there. We can look at Oxycontin, you can look at all kinds of different things that exist. It just seems like they have their stranglehold on the quote unquote health, you know, side of things, which I honestly don't find it to be too healthy for the most part, right? But that's just my opinion. But when it comes to peptides, it seems like there's a massive misunderstanding. And even for myself, like I told you off air, like I thought that it was just another form, like I thought it was a PED and that was all it was. You know, mm-hmm. in the in the same way as diuretics or blood doping or any, you know, that that's where I thought, you know, peptides kind of lived, right? But what from what you're telling me, it's something that, yo, we can just kind of take the way the body works, manipulate it, and use it in our favor. Like, how is that a bad thing? I just don't understand that. I can't wrap my head around why we're not really using this to our full advantage, which to me continues to boggle the mind. But it's awesome to see that you're actually putting this in practice and making it 
so that guys can use this to to really maximize their lives. But the one question mm-hmm. I had in regards to peptides, like, is it allowed in sports or are there certain different things that are, you know, like bodies of uh, or different organizations, I guess, that kind of ban it? Because you were in the NFL when you had your hip surgery, right? And you used it. No, I actually had the hip surgery not not that long ago. So oh, it, was, okay, okay. It, it was it was wear and tear from from, from the sports. Yeah, <laughs> from that. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think there. I think most most guys now are utilizing peptides uh, that are in probably across all professional sports because you know it's 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 more or less like taking a vitamin, right? Yeah. Like you're you're pushing an, a natural mechanism in the body, and it's these are amino acids, right? They're not they're not drug they're not foreign drug compounds, um, so you know you can't necessarily even test for them even if you wanted to. Um, so yeah, but I think that the dangerous part about that is like, you know, again, like we said, who, how do you know who to trust? Like whatever, like, yeah. uh, you know, you could be getting a peptide and it could have something else in it because it's manufactured at a plant where another drug is, and that could be on the banned substance oh, list gotcha. and you yeah. could get popped for that. And then, you know, three game suspension or whatever it is. And like that can derail a career, and, you know, gotcha. sometimes. And, so it's just one of those things. And I think, unfortunately, that's been pushed underground in pro sports because a lot of it has to do with the optics, right? Like you admitted yourself that that you think of it like it's like a performance enhancer, right? Yeah. Like, so if the, you know, if your fans think that you're cheating, right? Like that's not a good look. Yeah. So guys are really secretive about it. And then because guys are secretive about it, it's not on the open. People aren't talking about it. It's not a collaborative thing guys are going to some shady source and getting something because they don't want anybody to find out. And like, you know, that, that can make things worse uh, in a lot of instances. Are you finding with a lot of like your NFL contacts though, that they are, you know, do, cause I would imagine a lot of them come to see you about these things too. Like, and if it's all legal and it's all good, do you find that a lot of guys are using more peptides to just kind of recover? Cause dude, I can't imagine going through a full season and being like, yeah, I'm good to go. Just bounce back. I'm like, hell no, man. Like <laughs> you need yeah. some serious recovery. <laughs> yeah. Guys are finding it. Guys are finding it. And they're, and they're, they're coming to us. We try to stay away as much as we possibly can from active professional athletes, um, you know, just because of the dangers there, right. Like yeah. in something being tainted or something beyond a, on a band list or, you know, just really not, not wanting to do anything. And so for them, it becomes much more important. Like we talked about, like the fundamentals become much, much more important, you know, like yeah. sleep is the best drug a professional athlete could possibly yeah. use. Right. Like, and then there's just other things like hyperbaric oxygen chambers and, yeah. you know, cold plunge and sauna and hot tub and all those different types of, you know, modalities that don't, um, include, uh, any kind of supplementation. Um, you know, but, but we tend to get the guys that are done playing. Right. And, and let, now let's fix your body. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, let's fix this, fix the damage is done when you're in it. It's like, you're in it and you know that what you're sacrificing is, you know, you're sacrificing your body. You're sacrificing a little bit of comfort for the, the goal. Um, and then kind of when you're done, it's like, okay, like, how do we, how do we repair this? Um, obviously you can mitigate a lot of that damage by doing the right things when you're playing. And I think guys are becoming a lot more aware of that than they used to. Like, you know, when I was playing, it's like, 
you know, everybody was just jumping in a cold tub and that's it really. Um, you know, you got guys eating cheeseburgers and I mean, like, you know, <clears throat> there was a team, I won't, I won't say what the team was, but it's like on Friday, Fridays were called pizza Fridays what? and in the locker room, like after we'd have like kind of a real light practice on Friday. Yeah. Um, Cause the game would be on Sunday and we, so, and then we'd come in and then there'd be wings and pizza in the locker room. <laughs> Right. And it's like, <laughs> holy shit. I, I'm sure that doesn't exist anymore, but it's like, yeah, you know, just the understanding around this stuff, just, uh, just as, uh, you know, has come a long way really. But yeah, I mean, like to, to your point too, I think that ties into also like, you know, we work with a lot of veterans and I think it's okay. the same, it's, you know, they're dealing with, uh, I was thinking with your earlier point when you were talking about, you know, suicide and this getting mental becoming health, a bad right. problem with mental health and that 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 reminded me of of that. And, you know, these are in a lot of ways like we work with the SEAL Future Foundation, which helps transition uh, former Navy SEALs into civilian life. Right. And like these are the most elite war fighters on the planet. Right. Like yeah. the most badass alpha dudes on the planet. Right. And they're done. And then all of a sudden, now what do I do? Yeah. So like, there's the psychological component of not having a team, not having a common goal, not having a purpose, not having that brotherhood and that family around you, all that stuff that, that messes with your mind. And then you're, you're going through all these physiological issues. Uh, you know, the, the, the high stress environment that creates like, you know, fight or flight mode and you're dumping stress hormones and cortisol and all that stuff. And, What's happening with these guys is that when they get out, they're rightfully so they're depressed because they're dealing with that. Uh, they're 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 going to the VA and they're being prescribed antidepressants, right? Or they're saying like, "Hey, I'm in pain. I have inflammation." They're being prescribed painkillers, right? And it's like no one's even looking at no one's even looking at their hormones unless a guy demands it, and then maybe they look at testosterone. And if testosterone's above 300, they're like, you're, 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 good. No, you're, yeah. you're good. You're normal. Right. So it's like, just by looking at that one component alone, and by no means is it a silver bullet or a panacea, but like, just by looking at the foundational component of hormone function, right. Which is affected by all of those environmental factors. But then also when you consider TBI, right. Traumatic brain injury, which, you know, riding a roller coaster, can can induce what's considered a TBI, right? Like anything that's jar, jarring your brain around. So these guys are like doing even in training, right? Like concussion grenades and like firing guns in like close close quarters and buildings and things like that. Um, all of that stuff creates traumatic brain injury, creates inflammation in the brain. Well, guess what? Your hypothalamus and pituitary are right in the back of your head, right? Like they're right in the middle of your head. They're getting slammed around, right? And and it disrupts that mechanism of hormone production and hormone balance right so like just by looking at that and addressing that alone hopefully in a in a, in a natural way right like supporting it with proper diet and exercise and you know uh supplements and potentially rebooting the production of lh and things like that it's like a light switch flip gets flipped back on for these guys and it's not that it solves all their problems but it sure as hell like creates a much happier, more motivated individual with a lot more energy to then go about solving the, the those other the rest of the problems, right? As opposed to just taking a medication and you know again band aids for symptoms. Like 
And that's the same thing that we see with athletes, right? Like that's not to huge. compare vet- veterans to, to athletes because, you know, veterans are obviously putting their lives on the line, but um, it's the same type of, of transition into the, the, the real world. Um, yeah. That's rough and not being addressed properly. No, but it's kind of like, I mean, you can't really make the software work the way it needs to if the hardware is off. That's kind of the way 100%. I look at it. And, and it's, it. it's interesting. Yeah, it's, I've, it's, yeah you're changing the gas in a jalopy, right? Like yeah. Pre- premium <laughs> gas and jalopy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you got to upgrade upgrade the, the engine in the car. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, and, you know, we were talking about it earlier, but it's like, these are the most badass men on the planet, right? Like they're going through this shit. Like, you know, you, like you, it's, it's fine to talk about it. Right. Yeah. Like they're going, they're going through this shit to the point where like 22 veterans a day, 22 veterans a day are killing themselves. Right. Yeah. Like they're going through this stuff. Like certainly like Joe Smith, like from down the road, it, you know, is experiencing some of these problems and shouldn't have a, shouldn't have a problem talking about it. Right. Or or understanding that this is a necessary mechanism to survival and to thriving, really. Yeah. I mean, and to your point, it's kind of like before we were talking about the whole biohacking niche and all the guys that are like even myself where I'm involved in all this stuff and I want to better myself and look at performance. But that being said, most guys aren't necessarily at that place where they feel comfortable opening up about this stuff. Right. But I'm going to be respectful of your time because I know we're coming up on the hour, but. Dude, yeah, definitely love the conversation. And and I mean, that last bit really left me thinking. I'm like, yo, we, we there's a lot of work to do. <laughs> a lot of work to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're doing a great job, I think. You know, I, I've been following kind of your podcast and you're doing a great job of kind of just spreading that that uh that message really uh you know don't wait till it's too late like live a healthy, fulfilled lifestyle and you know, optimize your life. Like don't just try to get by. that's what we should all that's what we should all be striving for and you know that's the goal and that's the mission hey 100 chad man it was an absolute honor having you on today tell us where we can find you tell us more about vitality rx let us know all the goods man yeah vitalityrx.com is the best place to go and from there you click get optimized and it'll it'll take you right to the page where you can order one of those uh in-home test kits that we talked about and that can kind of get you started on your journey like we said what gets measured gets managed uh, you know, so take that first step and, you know, you don't have to necessarily subscribe to any of the recommendations or interventions that we provide, but at least take that first step and know your biomarkers and set set a benchmark for yourself that you can compare yourself against yourself, right? Yeah. Not against the averages that are out there. Everybody's different. So yeah, VitalityRx.com. We're at VitalityRx on, on Instagram and TikTok and I try to give the kind of layperson's uh, interpretation of a lot of this stuff on the social channel. So uh, I think so that it's more relatable and people can kind of understand. I mean, I'm I'm not a doctor. I, you know, I've I've dedicated my life to this and I'm really passionate about it. But there's things that I don't know. And I, I like to kind of give my opinion on things and share what I've learned and and get feedback. Right. And if yeah. there's something for me to learn, I'd, I'd love to learn it. And, I you know, encourage discussion around these topics and, you know, everybody to everybody to follow and interact as much as possible. A hundred percent, man. Well, I'll make sure I got all the links in the description until the next episode, guys. I really hope you enjoyed it. And Chaz, it was an absolute honor, man. Absolute honor. So can't wait. to Likewise. See you. My pleasure. Yeah, you know, I'm probably going to have you on again, man. We could talk some more. We got to talk about hair and stuff, man. I <laughs> love it. Would love that. Yeah. All right. Sounds perfect. Good. Until the next episode.